Lekuta Sichis Chelik Yudalad, the Sicha of Re'e Aleph. This is a Rashi Sicha, a Gishmaka Rashi Sicha, that uh, incorporates a few other Inyanim in order to strengthen the uh, understanding of the players, of the individuals, the Manda Omars, uh, who say the specific Pirushim about Rashi, and also a very beautiful Heira'a, a lesson in the Yena Shalteira in the Chesidus perspective of this Pasuk. The Pasuk says, just be strong to make sure to not eat the blood, because the blood is the, is the soul, or the life source. Rashi quotes the beginning of the Pasuk, just be strong to not eat the blood. And he explains, from the fact that it says the word chazak, be strong, you learn, they were immersed or steeped in eating of blood. Therefore, that's a chazak, be strong. It was something that they were very, it was common, something that they did a lot. And therefore, I had to say, be strong to not do it. This is the approach of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Ben Azai says, this is the famous Tana, sometimes known as Ben Azai, sometimes known as Shimon Ben Azai, and sometimes known as Rabbi Shimon Ben Azai. He says, The word Chazak here is not relevant to the blood, the mitzvah of not eating blood. It's actually coming to teach you a more general lesson how, how strong you have to be when it comes to mitzvahs. When you're talking about blood, which is easy to be careful, to keep this mitzvah. And Ashi explains why. Because a person does not have a natural desire, a natural taiva to blood. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the Torah is mechazik you, it strengthens you by telling you, by prohibiting you from eating it. So this is how much more so when it comes to other mitzvahs that we do have an appetite or a desire to do what we shouldn't do or to not do what we should do. We should strengthen ourselves to keep the mitzvah properly. The pastors move on Akushi Simply, it's understood the difficulty that Rashi is coming to answer. The fact that the Pasik says the word Chazak, we don't find this terminology, this term Chazak, in other mitzvahs of the Tera. And you wonder why? Why over here, punct? Does it say Chazak Therefore, Rashi brings these drashas from the Sifri. That based on them it is explained the word chazak that is said by blood, either that we're talking specifically about blood and the Yidin were immersed into, were steeped into eating blood and therefore they needed an extra chizuk to be pulled out of this habit of eating blood, or that blood is not even an issue really, but since it mentions something that is such a an easy mitzvah, the Torah says Chazak to tell us that by all mitzvahs we should learn from this one to be careful and be mechazak ourselves, strengthen ourselves to do the right thing. If this is the sole uh, uh, 
answer, the, the question that Rashi is coming to answer, this will raise five questions. Aleph. It has been discussed many times, even within the short period of time that we have been learning together. We've brought this up many times, that if Rashi brings two Pirushim, it's because each of the Pirushim, each of the explanations that Rashi brings, has a difficulty or a question or a hardship that the other one the answers, but the first one is the one that is more consistent with the simple understanding, the basic understanding of the Pasuk, and therefore it comes first, but it is lacking something, and therefore we need the other Pirush. And based on this approach, we have to be explained. And for what reason does Rashi have to bring here both Drashas? That the Rabbi Yehuda, that the Yidin were steeped in blood, and that the Rabbi Shimon ben Azay, that the Yidin were not steeped in blood. This is actually an easy mitzvah, and never, but it's teaching us to be to strengthen ourselves with regards to other mitzvahs. Why do we need both? What is the question in the first pirush, in the first explanation, that is answered by the second explanation? And what is lacking in the second pirush? Which compels Rashi to bring the first pirush. That's our first question. Why do we need two pshatim in Rashi? Base, second question. In general, in this Machloikis, so it's not so much on Rashi for bringing both, but in general, if you go back to the Machloikis of Rabbi Yudha and Shimon, especially if you're looking at it from the angle of Pshat, of simple understanding of the Pasik, there's a question here. Hareza Pluktu Bimitsiyas, this is a disagreement in reality. It's a disagreement in matters of fact. And on two opposite extremes. He is compelled, it's necessary to say chazak. Because they were steeped in blood, in the eating of blood. That at that time, it was common and extremely common to eat blood. On the other hand, says we don't even need any form of strengthening when it comes to the eating of blood. Because it's easy to, to be careful from not eating blood. A person doesn't have a, a natural desire for it. And that was true at the time of this commandment, which is why it says and we learn from there to other mitzvahs. So Rabbi Yudah is saying that not only they ate blood from time to time, but they ate it all the time. They were some, it was something that they were immersed into, the eating of blood. And Rabbi Shimon ben Azay is saying that it was something that, when it comes to blood, no one has a tire for it. It's only says chazak because it's talking about other mitzvahs. So which one is it? Were the Yidin at that time steeped into eating blood, or were they hardly doing it at all, or not doing it at all, because it's an easy mitzvah and there's no desire for it? Question three. When you focus on the words of Hashim ben Azai, Rashi explains why is the mitzvah of not eating blood, 
How she explains she ain't other is because a person does not desire it, does not have an appetite for it. The loisha ain't adam shatuf boy, but Rashi doesn't use the words that a person is not immersed in it. If Reb Shimon ben Azai is coming to negate the approach of Reb, of Reb Yehuda, then he should have used the same terminologies. Reb Yehuda says the Yidden were shtufim bedam, and he should have said, "Ain't on the bedam." People are not shatuf and not immersed in the eating of blood. Nevertheless, he chooses a totally different terminology, saying that a person doesn't have an appetite for it or doesn't have a desire for it. So why does Rashi choose those words? Again, uh, not again, but um, it's important to point out that the word she'en adam is not in the sifri. It's, it's going to mean... Uh, no? It, it, yeah, it's going to mention in, in, in the next in the, in the next uh, that the word she'en adam is is not in the sifri. It is something that Rashi adds to explain what does it mean that the mitzvah of, uh, of Dam is a mitzvah that is Kali Hisham But the question is, if these are Rashi's words, why not use the, the terminology that, he's, that he previously used, Shtufim Bidam, and instead of he introduces a new term, Ein Adamis Aveloi? Question Dalid. Uh, similar to this question on the choice of words, Ein Adamis Aveloi, we have another question. The Kamara la Pasik Tupsukim later it says Laman Yitavlach Vagamer that if you are careful in this mitzvah, the Abishta will reward you. Pirish Dashi Dashi teaches Sayulamad Matan Sharan Shal Mitzvah. We could learn from here the rewards for mitzvahs. If blood, which a person is is disgusted by it. Nevertheless, the Tayyid is giving you such a beautiful uh, uh, reward, Laman Yitavlach, then for sure by other mitzvahs that are more difficult to fulfill because a person wants to do them means say wants to do the Aveda or doesn't want to do the mitzvah for sure there's a big schah waiting for you from this lashon it's mashman that this is not something that was unique to that time but this is a general thing a person is disgusted by it this doesn't follow not Rabbi Yehud and not Rabbi Shimon According to Rabbi Yehuda, they were immersed in, in the eating of blood. Which is the opposite of a person being disgusted by it. Even according to Rabbi Yehuda, that a person doesn't have an appetite for it. But it doesn't mean that people are disgusted by it. There's, certain, there's many things that I may not be interested in right now, but it doesn't mean it revolts me. And according to uh, 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 th this second Rashi, a person is revolted by by dam. So which one is it? Question: Hey, Rashi may be shame by It's explained many times that Rashi does not bring the name of the person who said the teaching unless the name is relevant to understanding the explanation sometimes only to the seasoned student but at least it adds to the understanding of the what is added to the pirush by knowing that the ones who said it were additionally this same pirush 
of Rav Shem ben Azai is brought in the Sifri, also in the name of Rabban Gamliel. Now, Pisa, Havale, Lerashi, Havale, Lemeimar, Lerashi, Rabbi Yisainu Pirsh, Rashi should have said, our sages explained, referring to both Rav Shem ben Azai and Rabban Gamliel. Would have been included in this, and yet he does not. He totally ignores Rabban Gamliel, so to speak, and he says Dafka the name of Rishon Ben Azai, implying that Rishon Ben Azai's name is important here. And the question is, why is that? In Ois days, before we get to the Biur, the explanation of Rashi, he is going to bring three differences between Rashi and the Sifri. The Sifri is the mocker, the source of Rashi, yet Rashi uh, 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 changes in three places from the Sifri, and we're going to ask why. Why does Rashi change? What is the significance in these uh, differences that Rashi makes from the Sifri. As we said earlier, the Pirush of Rashi is from the Sifri. Rashi changes from the Sifri. In certain places, he skips some, some of the, something that the Sifri says. And in other places, he adds on to what the Sifri is saying. And let's look at these three things. Aleph number one. The Sifri says, in the words of Rabbi Yehuda, Shahayu Shtufim Bedam Kaidem Matan Taira. He emphasizes the words Kaidem Matan Taira. That Rabbi Yehuda was saying that the Yidin were immersed in blood before Matan Taira. Rashi quotes the fact that they were uh, uh, immersed in blood and, and skips this detail that it was before Matan Taira. Now this hashmata, this fact that he skips these words, is actually opposite of what the Sifri is saying. This pasuk is being said 39 years after Matan Teireda. Rashi is saying that you have to tell the listeners, Chazak, be strong, because they are immersed in blood now. If Rashi had quoted, quoted the Sifri properly, and they, therefore said that the fact that the Yidim were stufim bedam, was, were immersed in blood, was something that happened before Matan Teira, then this would help understand, resolve the Machlaikis, the, the in fact, the dispute in matters of fact between Because you could answer that Rabbi Shimon ben Azai agrees that before Martin Taylor they were immersed in blood. And the fact that now the Yidin do not have a tithe to blood is because it's already 39 years later and in the interim they were told a mitzvah of not eating blood and therefore they stopped eating blood. So, number one, why Bechlal does Rashi change with the Sifri's approach of the Yidin Rishtufim Bedam before Matan Teira and imply that the Yidin Rishtufim Bedam after Matan Teira? Especially since, by, 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 by how, if he had said that this was only before Matan Teira, this would have resolved this 
uh, disagreement in reality between him and Abishim ben Azai, between Abihud and Abishim ben Azai. So we have to understand why Rashi does not include the words that the Yidin were stufim bedam, immersed in blood before Matan Teir. Base. Second difference. Rashi mayrich b'divirid ab Yehuda. Rashi elaborates in a long-winded uh, expression. From the fact that it says the word chazak, you learn that the Yidin were stufim bedam. chazak. And then he says again, therefore it had to say chazak. It's much more concise. This teaches us that they were immersed in blood. And Rashi says, this teacher, from the fact that it says chazak, you learn that they were stufim bedam. And therefore it has to say chazak. This is, this is long-winded and um, different than the Sifri, which is much more concise. Gimel, the third difference. The Sifri is to be divided between Shem and Azai. Madam, she'ein b'chalam mitzvahs kalimeno, just like blood, that there's no easier mitzvah than it. His hircha, akas of Allah, the Pasuk still warns you about it. The Rashi Moisif, Rashi explains and adds, why is it kalimeno, she'ein on the Masavalek, because a person is, does not have a desire for it. So this, these words are added onto the Sifri. And the question is why? Even though for some of these differences, you could answer that Rashi had a different version of the Sifri, you know, in, 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 in the times of Rashi, when the Sifri was being passed down, with all Sfarim were being passed down uh, uh, by, by handwritten copies, or even if it was, I guess, by, mostly by handwritten copies, so some of the nuschois, some of the gisois changed. You know, the uh, copy editor or the copywriter, rather, the person who's writing down the copy could make a mistake. So maybe Rashi had a different girsa. That in itself would demand an explanation. Why does Rashi choose a rare version of the Sifri instead of choosing the more common version which we have? The fact that all of the common day print prints of today's Sifri have this version. This would imply that most of the handwritten manuscripts of Sifri were, followed this version, which is why when they printed it, they used this version. Gam bismanashi, which this would be even the time of Rashi. So the question is, even if you're going to tell me that Rashi wasn't making up his own version, he was following a different version of the Sifri, why does Rashi choose this rare version of this Sifri instead of choosing the more common version, which is the one that we have today? Obviously, if he does so, it's because there's something specific that's being learned or understood in the Pshat of the Pasik based on this version of the Sifri. And this brings us to Ezgimel, which is going to give us the beer, the explanation in Rashi. And we're going to start with this fact that Rashi doesn't say the words, Rashi does not uh, repeat the words from the Sifri. Fabir the explanation is as follows. Rashi does not follow 
the version of the Sifri that we have. That the Yidin were immersed in blood before Matan The Mashma Usa, because that would imply that it changed after Matan That after Matan the Yidin were not anymore. move on. Because if you follow this, uh, this approach, we would have a question. The, the, the prohibition against eating blood is said in the Tera numerous times. This is a very important parenthesis. The Rebbe understands that when it says that the Yidin were immersed in blood before Matan this is referring primarily to Mitzrayim. That since in Mitzrayim they were stufim bedam, that the Mitzrayim, the Egyptians, were immersed in eating blood, and the Yidin spent a significant amount of, of time in Mitzrayim, they adapted this, uh, uh, this tendency of eating blood. So it originates in Mitzrayim, where they were stufim bedam, and it's carried with them into the Midbar. But if you're going to say that it only happened before Martin Tera, that the Yidin were, it started out in Mitzrayim and it only went until Matan Tera. Then it should have said Chazak when they were given this prohibition the first time around. We're close to the time right after Matan Tera. Which is much closer to the time period when they were actually Shtufim Bidam. Why were the Eden commanded to strengthen themselves with the guys to eating blood now in Chumish Dvarim, which is being said at the end of the 40 years of the Eden being in the, in the Midbar? And that day that was in Mitzrayim already died. And it doesn't say Chazak when it comes to the eating of blood, to the prohibition against eating blood in Vayikra, which is much closer to the time of the giving of the Torah, and much closer to the time that the Yidin actually was Tufim Bidam. If you follow the Sifri, it comes out that the Yidin hadn't been eating blood already for 38 years, 39 years. All of a sudden, now it says Chazak. Rashi elaborates. We asked one of our questions, why is Rashi elaborating? It's the fact that it says over here, in Chumish Dvarim, 39 years later it says Chazak. This teaches us that they were still immersed in eating blood. Now when this is being said to them, even 40 years later, when the, in the 40th year, when this commandment has been given to the Yidin, the Yidin were still stufing the dam, and therefore the Torah has to say Chazak. Now, we said that this, if, if, if he would have said, Kaidimatan Torah would have answered the Machlaikis, would have resolved the Machlaikis between Abihud and Abshimin. Now, if you're telling me that the Yidin are still stufim bedam, so now we have a machloikis between Rabbi Yudan and Shimon. In reality, are they stufim bedam or are they not stufim bedam? So he's going to say over here that it that it's resolvable. It's not necessarily a machloikis b'mitzias. We call Malcolm Eibaz a machloikis b'mitzias. The leimer shesvaras Rabbi Yudan afucha misvaras Rabbi Shimon benazai shadam ein odemis aveloi. It's not necessarily a machloikis in fact in reality. 
that Rabbi Yehuda is saying something that's the exact opposite of Rabbi Shimon ben Azai, who says that a person does not have a tie with the blood. It's possible for a person to not have a desire to something. Even more so, it's possible for a person to be revolted by something. And nevertheless be immersed or steeped in eating it for a, for a, 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 a side reason, for a different reason. Either he believes that there's some esgula in it, there's some omen in eating it, or there's something, there's a medical remedy by eating this bazeh. By, by eating it commonly, you see people eat medication or, or, or certain healthy foods that they don't enjoy or they don't like it, and they eat it because they believe that it's good for them. So it's possible, so the same thing could be applied in the case of the eating of the blood. They were still immersed in it for many years after leaving Mitzrayim. Even if they did not have an appetite for it, or even possible that they were reviled by it. And yet they ate it because... There was a different reason. Either they got used to it, or or, or they thought there was some uh, 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 health value to it. Whatever it is, it could be there was something that there was shot of bedam, and at the same time, So it's not necessarily a machlekes. In fact, both facts could be true. Number one, it's true that a person doesn't have a tie to it. Number two, there was stuff in bedam, and it's not a machlekes b'metzias. And this explains why Rashi brings the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that there was stuff in bedam, because this explains why the Tevez was chazak, because even though it's 40 years later, nevertheless the Yidin are still eating blood. This is still an insufficient reason for saying the word chazak. In other words, we, even though we understand that the Yidin were still eating dam now, but still, why does it have to say chazak? The whole reason Ashi is coming to explain why it says chazak, it's still not explained. For three reasons. If the Yidin were stufin bedam 40 years later, then for sure they were stufin bedam 30, 80, 30, right after that Matan When the Yidin are told for the first time not to eat blood, or the main time, its main, most important place should have been there right away when the Yidin are introduced to the prohibition against eating blood. The Tehidah said, Chazak, even though you're stufing bedam, be strong and don't eat it. Another 19th star, he says it's not a major question because there are many mitzvahs that were introduced later on, even though they were applicable earlier. But nevertheless, it's still. That's the Hara 19, but I guess from the fact that he brings the question, is he feels, and even though there are many mitzvahs that were introduced later on, but if you're going to say chazak on something, it's going to be, then there's something that's a, that needs a chizuk, then it always needed a chizuk. So why wasn't it mentioned earlier? Beis ve'ikir. A, a more important question. The Yidin were already told numerous times by Moshe Rabbeinu in the name of Hashem the prohibition against eating blood. So 
it's not logical to say that still the Yidin were still so ignorant of this halacha to the point that they were stufing bedam, that they were still immersed in eating blood. I mean, how could it be after so many times of, 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 of being told not to eat blood, the Yidin would still be stufing bedam? It may, if they were still eating it, so Zion, you know, took it, maybe it took time for people to wean themselves off. But to say that they're still stufing bedam after being told a few times that it's usr is hard to say. And it's even more difficult. That after 40 years, when the, act, the people who went out of Mitzrayim themselves already died, you that their children should also still have this immersion, this involvement in eating blood. Especially after being told by the Abish there a numerous times not to eat it. In other words, not only in question base are we asking about the fact that there was as hard as against it. In question Gimel we're asking, the Shtufim Badam was the previous generation. This is a new generation. Why would we think that this would pass on to the next generation? In Order 20, he points out that a lot of the times, uh, you know, uh, uh, the character traits of a father, of a parent, gets passed down to the children. But he explains that's more about character, not about appetite, not about uh, 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 um, food tendencies. You know, you know, because the father likes certain foods doesn't mean the kids are going to like it. So to say that the fathers were stufim bedam because after they saw him, it's time, okay. But why would we think that this would be passed down to their children? Therefore, because of these three questions, Rashi brings the second Pirush of Benazai. Not to say that they were then Shtufim Bedam, because we just said it's very hard to say that the Yidden were still Shtufim Bedam 40 years later. So then in that case, why does it say Chazak? The labor cost of El Alazir Kulalam Dukhat Kamata Tsarak Lis Khazak Mitzvis. The Pasik is coming to warn you and to tell you to teach you how careful you have to be when it comes to mitzvis. Shari Avshakali Shamar Bidam Shainadamisabilai. Even though it's easy to be careful from blood because a person doesn't desire it. Nevertheless, the Pasik has to say Chazak. Because of, and to strengthen you with regards to this prohibition, how much more so when it comes to other mitzvahs, that even though they're gonna, they, they are a little more difficult to fulfill, nevertheless, we should strengthen ourselves and fulfill them properly. So we mentioned this question actually twice in two different ways. In the question, Gimel, we asked why Rashi says and not which is similar to the terminology that Rashi used in the first half of Rashi. Then in question Gimel and Oizbeis, when we were talking about the differences between Rashi and the Sifri, we said that Rashi adds the word So we have to explain these extra words of Rashi in the words of Ben Azai. And he explains it in two ways. Question Aleph is why does Rashi add these words? Since the reason why blood is easy to refrain from it is because a person doesn't naturally desire it, which means it's something that's built into the human nature. It's understood that this was applicable in the time 
that the, that the, this commandment was given. In other words, the fact that Ein the Misavala is applicable even in that time of the the end of the forty years, like it would always be applicable because it's something natural. Naturally, a human being is does not desire to eat blood. So the so so Rashi is adding in the words Ein the Misavala, not Ein the Mishatuf boy. Uh, which is not, which is more of an of a, of a individual tendency, but which is talking general about the human nature, is to tell us that this was something that was applicable during that time when this tzivi was being given. But we also ask the question, why does Rashi say, and not, so that is going to answer in point base. That Rashi specifically says, and doesn't say, that the person is katsamimena, that the person is revolted by blood. So, the reason that Dashi says that the person is, doesn't have a taiva to it is so a person should not say that the reason why it's kalihi shamir, it's easy, is because a person is disgusted by it. Even though this is not opposite, contrary, to the approach that they were stufin bedam, in other words, even though the two could be consistent, mikomokim, nevertheless, Rashi does not want to say over here nafsa shaladim katsamimenu because us the yena adayis or Rabbi Yehuda v'Shnu and as the chekes yisrozumizu, the gap between these two opinions would be even greater. If one said that they were stufin bedam, that they were immersed in blood. The other says, a person doesn't have a desire for it. If, a, if the other approach was that the person is revolted by it, that's much further away from people be, from the, being immersed in it. And therefore, the Pasik says, therefore Rashi says, I'm sorry, therefore Rashi says that in order to say, to bring the gaps, to make the gaps smaller between the two of them. But more importantly, it's the opposite of what we see with our own eyes. Something that a person doesn't desire, have a desire for, and was told stay away from it, is easy to uh, stay away from it. So we, do, we don't need to rely on that a person is revolted by it, even if we were to say simply that a person doesn't desire it, it's enough to, to keep a person away from it, especially if there was a number of commandments against it. And therefore, if Rashi would say, it would imply that something that I, that I have a tithe towards, that I don't have a tithe towards, is not enough the Yishamim and that's not true. Rashi wants to say that anything that I don't have a tithe to is easy to stay away from. And therefore Rashi says, Dafka, the words Kali, um, and not to tell me that something that a person doesn't have a tithe to, even if, especially if there is a number of commandments against it, is easy to stay away from, even if I'm not revolted by it. So that explains why Rashi brings the second Pirush. Because he had three questions on the first Pirush that it didn't really follow logically the Yidin were still Stufin Bidam. And therefore Rashi says the second Pirush, the Taka, they weren't Stufin Bidam. And the reason why the Taylor brings, uh, why Rashi brings the second Pirush is, and the reason why the Taylor says Chazak is, 
in order to teach us from here, which is an easy mitzvah, to other mitzvahs, the importance of strengthening ourselves. So in that case, why don't we only bring the second Piddush? Omnam, in Oizdalad, explains that the second Piddush by itself is also not good enough. Rashi does not suffice with the second Piddush itself. Rashi brings it as the second uh, explanation also in the uh, quality of the Piddush, saying that it's a secondary explanation. At the end of the day, if, if, if the Torah wanted to just teach us to strengthen ourselves with regards to other mitzvahs, it could have said chazak by many mitzvahs. The fact that the Torah chooses to say chazak specifically by blood implies it's, it's, it's more sensible to say that blood itself also needs strengthening. And that's why the Torah says chazak specifically by dam. Umash makain And it also flows this way better in the general context of the Parsha. The Parsha is In this Parsha, it's original in the beginning of this uh, of this section, it's coming to permit Bisar Taiva. Bisar Taiva means a meat that is being eaten not as part of the carbon. Until this point, uh, if a person wanted to eat meat, he would bring a carbon. And, uh, and the carbon, part of it would go to the, to the Mizbeach, and part of it would go to the Kayin, and part of it would go to the Bailim, to the person who brought the carbon. Here it's saying, so, here the Parsha, the Pasuk introduces that a person could eat, beside Taiva, blood, a, a meat, just for the sake of, because he has a desire to it. If your, if your soul will desire to eat meat, and all of your desires you can eat meat. The reason he's quoting the Tsukim over here is because he's referring to the word Taiva, Avas, and Avas again, referring to the idea of Taiva. That we're trying to introduce the, the Pasuk is speaking about eating Basar simply for the Taiva of it, for the enjoyment of it. So therefore, when the Pasuk continues, However, be strong to not eat the blood. It's mashma that you're going to have a taiva, a desire, an appetite also for the blood. And therefore, it's mashma that if it says chazak, it, it implies were immersed in eating blood, just like they had a taiva for Basa, they had a taiva for Dam. But according to the Menazah, that a person does not have a natural desire to eat, a natural appetite to eat blood, which is coming to teach you about something else entirely, the style of this prohibition. But, however, in other words, despite what we said till now, still you should be careful. Do not eat blood. It doesn't flow from the previous Tsukim to now. And according to Bishim and Azai. And maybe Rashi does the Yudah Rishenu Vemaila, and therefore he brings the Yudah first, implying that this is the more important one of the two Pirushim. Because that's how the flow sounds, the general context of the, of the Psukim. Um, Flow better that way. In the psukim, 
this is important. There is how it flows in the words of the Pasik, and the question is coming from the uh, from from the content, the general from the idea. So in Psute Shomikra, the 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 idea that the Yidin did have a taiva for blood makes more sense. Even though in, 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 in the uh, chronologically, historically, according to the times, it seems to say it's 40 years later, why are they still eating blood? Is taka a good question? But in the psukim, there is a mashmos that they are, they, they still do have a desire for blood because it's placing it in the context of things that we're eating because they are desirable. And therefore, Rashi puts this pirush first because it flows better in the context of the psukim in Psute Shomikra. So this has answered mostly most of our questions. We explained what were the two hardship, the two questions in the different pirushim. On the first pirush, we had a question that it didn't follow, uh, that it didn't really make sense, that the Yidin were still stuff in Bedam. On the second question, on the second pirush, we had a question that there is mashmolus from the psukim is that we, the Yidin, the, that the people do have a taiva to blood. We answered the question of Achleikis B'Metziyas and we said that it's possible to be shatuf, to be immersed in eating something and still not desire it. We answered why Rashi says number one, because he wants to say that it's a natural thing and therefore was applicable at that time. Number two, he wanted to negate the fact that only if you say that something revolts you, uh, do you is it easy to keep. Even if it doesn't revolt you, you just don't have a desire for it, it's also easy to keep. But that also explains question uh, uh, Dalid, where he said, why does, uh, over here he say, uh, 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 different than the later ways of Nazarodim Katsamidam, over there he wants to bring out the Schar. So in the Schar he wants to show how, it, it doesn't say clearly in the Sikha, but this is, uh, I think, obvious. When we talk about the Mematan Schar, and he wants to go to the furthest extreme. When it comes to um, when it comes to telling us the the, the chizuk and the mitzvah, he wants to focus to say that it's easy to be mischazik in it, even if you're not katsamiza, even if you're not disgusted by it, it's still easy to 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 strengthen yourself in it. And therefore, he uses dafka those words. Question: Hey, we didn't answer yet the the, the bali hamaimer. Also, in the differences between Nashi and the Sifri, we explained why Nashi doesn't say Kaidah Matan because that would imply that after Matan they were not Shtufim Bidam. And Nashi holds clearly from the fact that it says Chazak here, they were still Shtufim Bidam. The second question is why is Nashi Maidich? And the answer is because Rashi, that's how Rashi knows that they were still stufim bedam. Because from the fact that it says chazak over here, so Rashi has to explain how he knows that they were still stufim bedam. And the question why does Rashi say on the Masavale? We just explained that because he wants to bring out these two nukudas a that it was natural and b that even if it's just something that you don't desire, still it is easy. It is kali shami. We still have to understand. We still have to explain. The, what was in question hey and will now be in ois hey um, why Rabbi, why does Rashi mention Rabbi Yehuda and Abshim ben Azar a seasoned student can still comment and say why does each opinion say what they say and argue on what their opponent says very interesting uh, a phraseology here. Duchka. Each pirush has a question on it that the other one doesn't have. Well, why is one hardship better than the other hardship or stronger than the other hardship? 
why that causes Rabbi Yehuda to go this way and Shimon Ha'ezah to go this way? Rashi says both. Because he, the, he, this one wasn't enough and this one wasn't enough and he says both. But each of these opinions, why do they have to say, why do they say their pirush and not say like the other one? And therefore Rashi brings the name of the person who said it. Because each, Rabbi Yehuda and Ben Azai, in their pirush here about blood, is following their general approach on this topic. And we're going to introduce two new concepts. One is the approach of Rabbi Yehuda, one is the approach of Rishon Ben Azai. So this is the, the din of a nevela. A nevela is a kosher animal that was killed not through shechita. So the Pasuk says you should give it to the ger. Ger over here means a ger teishav, meaning to say someone who is from the other nations, but is living amongst the Yidden and the Yisrael and following the Sheva Mitzvahs. And uh, so it says you should give it to the Ger, Asher Bisharecha, or, or sell it to a guy. So the Gemara has a discussion, are these examples that you, should e- you, that you could either give it or sell it to a Ger, or give it or sell it to a guy, or are these specific that to a Ger you can give it and to a guy you can sell it? You follow the literal interpretation of the words. If you're giving it to a ger, you can give it, but you can't sell it. And to a go, you could sell it and you can't give it. And Rabbi argues with Rabbi Meir, who holds that, the, that, that, that it was just examples and you could both give it and, or, and, or sell it to both the ger and or the goy. So the Yudah Shita is Varim Kiksavam. That when you look at a Pasik, you follow the literal understanding of the words. And therefore he applies that approach to our case of the blood. Which we could have explained that we were coming with other mitzvahs. We can look, see it two ways. Either that we're referring to other mitzvahs or that we're referring to the blood itself. Literally, that it's coming with regards to the blood itself. And it says chazak by the blood. Because they needed chizuk. They needed strengthening, encouragement with regards to the blood itself. Because they were immersed in it. Even though there's a deichik to say that they were stufen bedam. And therefore, Rashi actually uh, uh, expresses it in this long-winded way because Rashi is trying to prove to you that he actually believes that they were stufing bedam. But nevertheless, but nevertheless, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says dvarim kiksavam, he says if it says chazak by dam, it means that by dam they need chizuk. So that's why Rabbi Yehuda follows this approach that, that they were stufing bedam because his shita is dvarim kiksavam that you follow the literal understanding of the pasuk. What is Shimon Azar Shita? Matsina, we find two details. Aleph, Lezarez, Ulechazek, Bekiyim, Amitzvah, Safilo, Akalos. 
that Bakhlal and was into encouraging and strengthening the fulfillment of mitzvahs, even those that are easy. Like he says in Pirkei Yavis, Run to an easy mitzvah. Which means by this. In other words, you could think that it means that you should run to a mitzvah kala and not to a chamura. But, even if you don't add in the word kilachamura, like the Alter Rebbe doesn't have the word kilachamura, that you're supposed to run to an easy mitzvah like you would run to a, 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 a more stringent mitzvah, still, that does not mean rak le mitzvah kala. The Benazah is saying you should only run to an easy mitzvah. Elagam le mitzvah kala. Also to a mitzvah kala. Uka atamish to mesayim sh mitzvah gilad mitzvah. As he explains that the reason why you should run to a mitzvah is because mitzvah gilad mitzvah. Also with regards to the opposite, that you're supposed to run away from the Aveda. It also means you should run away even if it's a small Aveda. Also for that the reason is given because the Aveda leads to another Aveda. So the B'shirim and Azar holds that a person should run even to an easy mitzvah. So we see from here that Absalom and Azay was trying to encourage people that even when the mitzvah is easy, you still shouldn't, should be encouraged to fulfill it. Base, kiyum mitzvah kala, maybe lekiyum shara mitzvahs. Not only is a mitzvah kala important, but the fulfillment of a mitzvah kala actually leads to the fulfillment of other mitzvahs, gam chamunas yeser, to stringent mitzvahs. And the same thing conversely when it comes to an Aveda, that the running away from a little Aveda keeps you away from doing bigger Avedas. Because if you do a little Aveda, you're going to end up coming to doing big Avedas. So by staying away from the little Aveda, it actually helps you stay away from bigger Avedas. So there's two Nukudas here. Number one, Bechlau, he was being Mechazic people to fulfill. He was focusing on the little mitzvah or the little Aveda and say, do the little mitzvah, don't do the little Aveda. Number two, he Bishim and Azai feels or, or teaches that the little mitzvah leads to the big mitzvah. And refraining from the little Aveda leads to refraining from big Avedas. And therefore, and this, this is the shita that he follows here with regards to the blood. In both of these details. Aleph. Gam betzivu yishu kali shamem menu. So the chli is chazak ba'azad asay. Shem mitzvah saseyum ha'shamar ratz le mitzvah gam kala. V'lei saseyum b'chal aveda. B'reach min aveda. Even with regards to blood, which is easy to refrain from it. Nevertheless, it has to say chazak. Because b'shim v'nazay oldu, you have to be strengthened. Even for easy mitzvahs. And this is in both ways. When it comes to a mitzvah saseyum, he says run to a mitzvah. Even a small mitzvah. And the later say, he says, run away from the Aveda. In other words, that even though it's an easy mitzvah, nevertheless, you have to be chazak, you have to running, or running away implies uh, 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 extra investment in doing it or not doing it, what you're not supposed to do. Bez, not only are we saying chazak with regards to blood, but last, hircho, lamdachad, kamat, atzarech, lizchazak, mitzvahs, kavachem, lishar mitzvahs. We're learning from blood to the other mitzvahs. What it's saying here is not just telling me that I have to be chazak with regards to blood, even though it's a mitzvah kala, but, the, but we have to learn from this to the other mitzvahs. Similar to what he says, that you have to run to an easy mitzvah, because that will bring you to another mitzvah. It will bring you to fulfill other mitzvahs. You should run away from other avedas. 
because you should run away from an easy Aveda because that'll bring you to run away from other Avedas. So he's saying the same thing about the blood, that by being chazak with regards to blood, this helps you to be chazak, but to be, to be strong by other Avedas, other mitzvahs and Avedas as well. So now, even though in a certain sense, these two inyanim are not related to each other, but at least we see that Rabbi Yehuda is following his shita uh, with the way he understands this pasig, because his shita is dvarim kiksavam, and Rabbi Menazai is following his shita, which was the encouragement and the, the importance of strengthening even a small mitzvah, A, because small mitzvahs need chizuk, and two, because small mitzvahs lead to big mitzvahs. So to over here, he believes that even though it's a small thing, it's kali yishamer, nevertheless it has to say chazak, and also that we can learn from here for other mitzvahs. Beautiful. We're not done yet. Because, since seemingly, Dvarim Kiksavam and Chizuk of Mitzvahs are not mutually exclusive. We have to still understand why do they have to argue by Dam? Why does Reb Shimon, why can't Reb Yehuda also believe that here we're coming to be Mechazic things? He could hold there was two from Bedam, but he could also hold that it was coming to be Mechazic things. And why can't Reb Shimon Azai say Dvarim Kiksavam as well? That there was two from Bedam. And still, they still need chizuk in mitzvahs. In other words, if the Shem Benazai does not hold Dvarim Kiksavam specifically, then, then they have to argue. But since the, the Lushitases that we're bringing here are not related to each other, seemingly, why do we have to turn this into an argument? That's his question in Aizvav. So now we know that Rabbi Yehuda's shita is, Yehuda's approach is, that you follow the, the words as they're written. And the shita of Hashem is to encourage, to run, to, to do even a mitzvah, an easy mitzvah, and to run away from an Aveda. How do we know that Rabbi Shem Benazai, Rabbi Yudha does not hold that you have to be strong in an easy mitzvah, and that Rabbi Shem Benazai does not hold Varam Kiksavim? Why are we making this into an exclusive argument? Vabir. And in order to explain, to explain this, we're going to bring two machloikism between Rabbi Shem Benazai and Rabbi Yehuda, where we're going to see that there is, it's more of a consistent approach on both sides, that therefore when it comes here they are each following their unique approach and their exclusive approach there is a Gemara in the end of Brachas Tanya ben Azay, Emer ben Azay taught Pamachas nechnasti achara ba'kiva le'beisakise v'lamadati b'menu gimel dvarim l'madati chulu I once followed Rabakiva, Rabakiva was his Rebbe Rabakiva was the Rebbe, was the teacher of ben Azay. So Ben Azai says, I once followed ben Rabbi Akiva into the Beis into the bathroom. And I learned three things. He doesn't enumerate them here in the Sikha, but obviously the Gemara in Barachas does. But of course we know that in Shulchan Aruch there is a simon called Anagas Beis which means that Halacha teaches us how to conduct ourselves in a bathroom. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva went to learn these Halachas. 
Has your insolence, has your audacity gone this far to go with your Rebbe into a Besakise? Oh my Lord, so he responded to him, It's Tayra and I have to learn it. In other words, it doesn't matter how. It's a chiluk of Tayra. It's a chiluk of Tayra. It's a part of Tayra to know how one is to conduct themselves in a Besakise. And therefore, I have to learn it, and I have to go in, no, no, I, and, I, and I have no choice. What's their disagreement? Why, does the, why is the Yehuda so uh, uh, upset that the Benazai would, would be so disrespectful to go into a Beisakise? And Benazai has no issues with it. It's a part of learning. Even though it's Teda and it has to be learned, in any learning, how do you learn? You ask the halacha. In base madras, you go to the rav, you go to the rabbi, you go to the to the rosh hashiva. You ask what's the halacha. That's what he says to him. Why did you have to go into the base akisa, which is disrespectful, instead of asking the question of the base madras? In other words, since Rabbi Yehuda is a very literal guy. So therefore he says, you have a question, ask. Reb Shem ben whose life was running even to a small mitzvah, there was a certain uh, uh, um, ambitiousness when it comes to doing a mitzvah. The same thing when it comes to clarifying halacha. There was a certain sense of ambitiousness. If there's a better way than asking the question in the in the, in the, in, in base madrash, let's let's go let's do the best possible way. If you have no choice, you ask. But if you have a better choice, you might as well go see, watch it being done, because my the the, 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 the teaching, the, the maisa is a way of learning. The Alderech, Maimer Chazal, similar to Maimer Chazal, that you can't learn Alocha, not from something that was discussed in Beis Medrash, because over there they're discussing Svaris, but they may not have reached that conclusion. So you can't take a Svara that was learned in the Beis Medrash and Paskin Alocha from it. You, nor can you pass in Allah from a Maisa. It's possible that you know you saw a story and you might not know the details of the story. So you might say, okay, in that, in that specific case, that was the Allah, but it's not the Allah always. The Gemara over there in Shabbos says that you shouldn't learn from a from a from a svara in Yeshiva. You shouldn't learn from something that from a story that you heard, but you should learn Allah Maisa. Now, really, this is not. This is almost at Ayala Epech. That's what he says. Va'alderech. What you see from here is that you go as far as you can in order to verify what the halacha is. So, just because you were a svara like this, just because you even uh, uh, saw someone do something in a certain way, doesn't necessarily mean that that's the halacha. But from here we see that we, when it comes to bitter halacha, we go as far as possible. Says so says Ben Azai, if I can go and see how it's being done, that would be the best way for me to learn the halacha. And therefore he goes, he follows the Bakiva into the Beis in order to see how he conducts himself in actuality, because that's the best way to learn.
You learn by example. And over here you see a shtickle, you see a little bit how they're con being consistent with Vadim Kiksavam. You know, it's words, it's the facts, it's as it is, it's how it is, you do it as you do it. And, uh, and, and therefore, Rabbi Yudha says, ask and you'll be answered. Rabshim ben Azai is always looking for deeper, for more. For, he, he, there's, uh, a, he's running. And therefore, he goes to the, to the furthest degree to learn the Allah. This will also answer the question of the Marsha. The Marsha in Chidush HaGadus asks, who forced him to, uh, to, to be disrespectful in this manner? He could have just gone and asked his Rebbe how he's supposed to conduct himself. So the Marsha has an interesting answer. He doesn't know what to ask. He didn't know what is he supposed to ask. What is it? What could be wrong in a, ba in a bathroom that I have to ask if it's okay or not? Therefore, it says it's Tayyid. I have to learn. I have to know what to ask about. So the Masha is answering that the reason he couldn't go to his Rebbe and ask him directly because he didn't know what to ask. In other words, the, the, the Gemara there, the, what he learns is in, in which direction you're supposed to sit, for example. Um, so he wouldn't have even known to ask is there, is there a specific direction or not. But, but, uh, so that, that's the Masha's answer. But Lezachisi Lavin, an interesting uh, terminology, Rabbi says, He could have asked that. He could have gone to his Rebbe uh, and said, I don't know what to ask you, but I, I want to know, is there anything that I have to know with regards to a Besakisi? But now, this question of the, of, of the Marsha is answered indifferently. She It wasn't just about the bathroom that he didn't know which Allah has to ask about. His approach in life in general was they did, when it came to Tehidu Mitzvah, he did it with ambition. He did it with aggressiveness, no good aggressiveness. He did it with a way, with, with always trying to do more and more. And since there's no clearer halacha than following by example, of course he could have gone to his Rebbe and asked, even asked, is there anything I need to know? But he wouldn't have learnt it as good. He actually goes in with him to the Beisakisei to learn from him by seeing his conduct in reality, in actuality, because this is the best teacher. This is the best way to learn. And Ben Hazai is not about Dvarim Kiksavim. He doesn't just, he's not satisfied just with seeing it as it is in writing. He wants to go deeper. He wants to learn more. He wants to learn it as good as he can. And therefore, even though he's risking his respect for his Rebbe, he goes all the way in to learn the Halacha. You don't have to run all the, to the point that you're being disrespectful. 
and even though it's Teda, you have to know the Allahis. It's sufficient to ask his Rebbe if there are relevant Allahis to the Besakise. However, Vanagas bin Azayah is a Lishitase, the Rebbe Yehuda, at Kani Astapanacha bin Abcha. And therefore, the way that Ben Azayah conducted himself, according to Rebbe Yehuda, was considered insolence. Chutzpah. How's this him? Because, according to him, it's perfectly fine to ask and be answered. We find another machlaikas between Ben Azai and Reb and Reb Yehuda, where again you see them following this each their own respective approach. Ben Azai Omer Nemar Mechashefa Leisachaya. Ben Nemar Kolshechiv Mehema Meisumas. There's two psukim next to each other, where one says Mechashefa Leisachaya that you have to kill a, a, a person engaged in sorcery. And then another one it says, that someone who lies with a behema also gets the death penalty. From the juxtaposition of these two things, even though they're unrelated, and Sheikh of Behema is two different things, the fact that they're next to each other, the Pasik doesn't say which Misa uh, uh, is given to a Mechashefa, to a sorcerer. But since Kal Sheikhiv and Mahima gets skila, therefore we learn and Sheikh Mahima is juxtaposed to Mahashefa Lesakhaya. Therefore from this we derive that also Mahashefa gets skila. Just because the two things are juxtaposed, because of that I'm going to take this person for skila. Ella, I'll give you a different answer. Is two different types of sorcery, and they were in, and it says by them, and they were excluded, so to speak, to, to apply the misa of the punishment of skila. Now we all know, or many of us know, it says we say it every day in Davening, Anything that was in the general rule, in the general group, and then was, ex was extracted from the group, did not just come to teach about itself, but came to teach about the whole group. So once the Yudaini were removed from the group to be said, to be said separately, that they are Biskila. From this we learn that all type of Kishif is all Biskila. They were included in sorcery. Why were they excluded? To compare to them and teach you. Just like because not the Pasuk says explicitly, so too, is also with skila. What's the reasoning behind the Machlekes? Then as I learns from the, from the juxtaposition, if two things are next to each other, you can compare them. The fact that the general parasha is next to this general parasha is enough to learn the punishment which is skila. 
Just because they're next to each other, this is enough to give the person skila. The fact that were taken out of the cloud is to teach you specifically that all kishif, all sorcerers, including Mechashevah's Beskila, basically, it's a clear Pasuk. So the Yehuda doesn't want a juxtaposition. He doesn't want a limit of smuchim. He wants something dvarim kiksavam. He wants something written explicitly or close to explicitly in order to derive which misa you would give to the Mechashev. So again, we see that Ben Azai is ready to go into deeper layers in order to determine what the halacha is, even taking two separate things that have no connection to each other other than their position in the Torah and learn from one another. Masha'inkain, Rabbi Yehuda, Davkin needs something clearly from the Pasik, and Smuchin is not enough. Well, if we go now back to Dam, Rabbi Yehuda is Dredis Dvarim Kiksavam, and therefore has to say that, that Chazak is referring to Dam, that Dam needs Chizuk. Because he doesn't want to say uh, that that uh, that he doesn't want to uh, uh, he doesn't have this approach of Ben Azai that you could take things a step further even without clear understanding so from the pasuk. Ben Azai says, "I'm going to go as far as I need to, in order to determine to learn to understand." Rabbi Yudha says, "No, you can't do that." And therefore, if the pasuk says by by by. Dam Chazak, then it has to be applicable to Dam to nothing else. But Azai is ready to go to, to further steps, so much so that he's ready to be dead as Smuchim, so much so that he's ready to go into the Besakisa with the Rabakiva, his Rebbe, in order to learn Taylor. He also would, he also would learn Chazak as far as it can go, that it should be applicable to as much as possible and not leave it exclusively to Dam because he wants to take the Torah as far as it can possibly go. So now, besides knowing that Benazai holds Dvarim Kiksavam from the Union of Nevela, and Benazai holds, holds Dvarim Kiksavam from the Union of Nevela, and Benazai holds the, the Indian of Ritzel and Mitzvah Kala, which we apply to here. We have now determined that this Ritzel and Mitzvah Kala is a general approach in Benazai's learning style. And therefore, if, a, if there's a Pasik that says that but I could apply it to many other mitzvahs, I would, because that's his style in learning to take something as far as it could possibly go. And Rabbi Yehuda holds Dvarim Kiksavim holds it ex- 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 explicitly and exclusively Dvarim Kiksavim. And I'm Dafkin not going to expand it to other mitzvahs unless the Torah specifically tells me to do so, which it doesn't do in the case of Dam. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda holds that it's specifically talking about Dam. And this answers the final question why, why Rashi has to mention Ben Azai. By, by the name and Rabbi Yudha by the name because of the deeper insight that it gives us into understanding the Lishitase of each of them and how they reach this understanding in regards to the mitzvah of not eating done. Now we go to the chsidus, to the lesson and to the deeper understanding of the Sashi. 
Why is it usher to eat blood? Says the Pasik, because the blood is the soul or the life force, life source. The Mepharshim explained, even though the life source exists also in the flesh of the animal, there's a difference between the flesh in which the life source exists, to the blood which is the source of life itself. The blood is the life source of the animal, and therefore, we cannot eat the life source of the animal. So now he explains, what does it mean that the blood is the life source and therefore we can't eat it? From anything that a person eats, it becomes part of his flesh and blood. And therefore, a person inculcates within themselves the nature of the things they eat. The Rebbe brings in the order 44 that the Ramban says that one of the reasons why we're not supposed to eat predatory animals is because if we eat predatory animals, chas v'shalem, we gain, we, we inject into ourselves a predatory nature. So that because we're, the, the food is becoming part of us, so whatever was the nature of the food before it became food becomes part of us. So if a person eats meat, kasher meat, number one, because it only because it it only has the nefesh in it, but it's not the nefesh itself, so it doesn't have the strength of the nefesh and therefore of the teva of the behema. Bays, in other words, he brings the ramban about not kasher the animals. But the same thing applies to kosher animals as well. That a person who eats meat is going to, uh, the flesh of an animal, is going to gain some uh, uh, behemoth, uh, some animalistic tendencies. However, if you're eating basar, so number one, the, na- the, the, the natural tendencies are not so strong in the basar. The food is chewed, and digested, and then it becomes changed, and it becomes flesh and blood, and becomes part of the nature of the person being sustained. And therefore it doesn't affect the person as much. But blood that does not need to be digested, like the meat. If a person eats blood, which is the life force of the animal, then this will fuse together, this will connect the nature of the behemoth with the nefesh of the person. The person will gain, will, 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 uh, um, Will, will become connected to the, na- the animalistic tendencies and the animalistic nature of the behemoth. And it will become forget. It will become, forget they say coarse. It will become uh, animalistic, like the soul, like the, li- like the life of a behemoth. So a person who eats meat, number one, that meat gets the meat doesn't have as much, the flesh doesn't have as much of the nature 
uh, are the tendencies of the behem. And number two, you're chewing it up, you're swallowing it, it's becoming a, a, a new entity. But when your person, chas v'shalom, eats blood, then he's, he's injecting himself with the very life source of this animal, and therefore is injecting himself with these animalistic tendencies. So it's understood that those who are immersed in eating blood, their animalistic, the midas the, the of their animal soul is just like the animalistic nature of a behemoth. So what is a person to do? Person, a person who feels that they have animalistic natures or animalistic tendencies, what do you do? So Rashi says two levels. First Rashi talks to those who were immersed in eating blood. Therefore the says, Which is that a person has to strengthen themselves to rectify and to fix and to cleanse his natural character traits of his nefesh abamis to, to, to improve them, to refine them. And this Pidish comes from Yehuda. The name Yehuda was named because this time I will thank Hashem. Thanking Hashem comes from the acknowledgement. From, uh, uh, from the acknowledgement in Hashem's existence and what He gave us. And a humility and uh, 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 thankfulness to Hashem. And when you're coming from the point of humility, from the point of on this level you are working with the lowest levels. You askafia, which is subduing the evil, you haven't yet transformed yourself. You're still fighting the negativity, and you do so with bitul. He still has access. He still has connection to his natural midas of his nefesh But he has to refine them and change them. So the first stage in Ashi says comes the yodah. Yudu comes from the state of the level of Bittal, which is the beginning of the Aveda, the foundation of the Aveda. He says, Rak Chazak, strengthen yourself to refine your Midas Ativium, to refine your Nefesh Abamis, your animal soul, to get rid or to transform somehow, uh, to, uh, and to refine your, your animalistic tendencies. That's level one. lived a different kind of life. His Avedi was in the yearning, in the longing for holiness. His goal and his desire was to go up higher and higher. Like we see with regards to Isaac Atere. It says, it says that Shimon was not married. He said, What should I do that my soul is, desires, is engrossed in the desire of Tere? He didn't have time or he didn't want to invest in, 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 the, in the, what it takes to be married because he was too engrossed in learning Torah. It's not necessarily a, a, uh, uh, something that is meant to be emulated, but it at least shows what kind of person Benazi was. Benazi was removed from this physical world. From the, so much so that he didn't, even, he didn't even get married. And his whole desire and goal and life purpose was to go higher and higher in learning Torah and getting closer to Hashem. 
And therefore, all aspects of his learning Torah and doing mitzvahs was in this ambitious, running, strengthening kind of way. So according to him, the Pasuk wouldn't be talking about Stam refining your animalistic, uh, your animalistic character traits. He's way beyond that. The Pasuk is not talking here about refining and chain transforming a person's natural character traits. Because we're beyond that at this point. But to, to, to teach you to be strengthened in mitzvahs. And notice the word La'azircha. comes from the Lashen of light and illumination. That a person should strengthen themselves and to elevate, uplift themselves, to illuminate their, their soul with the godly light of mitzvahs. If something that is easy to refrain from it, because a person doesn't have a tithe to it, doesn't have a desire to it. Nevertheless, he wants to strengthen you with its with this prohibition. They say madness we need to say, let's refrain, let's let's reframe this with regards to Ba'as that means illumination. When it comes to something that a person doesn't desire mitzades midas of his of his nefesh abamis because he's, he built himself up, he already reworked on his midas and his and his nefesh abamis. He came to a point that he doesn't desire this. He doesn't. Uh, he, he separated from it. We Nevertheless, we have to strengthen it with its prohibition. But over here, means When it comes to illuminating himself, it's not enough that I'm not uh, uh, engaged in negative character traits, in animalistic character traits. I have to illuminate my 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 even in these things that once upon a time he was he, he did come from the but now I, I, I lifted myself up a level and nevertheless the Torah tells us I have to illuminate that with a godly light so it shouldn't just be that I'm not doing it I'm not, I'm not, I'm not engrossed in it on an animalistic level but I have to illuminate it on a godly level how much more so when it comes to other mitzvahs when it comes to mitzvahs that I still do desire meaning to say I still do have a desire uh, uh, to do what I shouldn't do. The way I respond to this is by strengthening myself, by staying away from it, and to just illuminate with a, with a lot, a lot of light in order to be able to overcome uh, these, uh, these tithes or these uh, 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 tendencies. In other words, there's two a fanim. There's two ways to deal with something. One is to fight it and to break it and to subdue it. That's the approach of Rabbi Yehuda. Well, that, another one is to just pour so much light onto it, so much positive energy, so much eder liki that, uh, that 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 it doesn't even make. It's not, it's not even an issue. Like they say about the. Uh, um, 
Reb Zalman Zezmer, I think, they say that he used to come, he used to say, you know, he used to use his gaiva as a way to stop the person from, stop himself, stop the Yitzhara from telling him, me, I'm the chast of the Alter Rebbe, how could you uh, try to convince me to do kach v'kach? In other words, there was so much positive energy over there that the, the, neg- the, 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 the negative, the taivist, the, the yonim abahamiyim didn't even, you know, didn't even enter the mind. And these are the two approaches of Rashi. This approach of, of, of Rabbi Yod, the Dvarim Kiksavam, you gotta, you gotta deal with the issues. And the issues is you have to strengthen yourself to refine your midas, to change your midas, so that you shouldn't have a tie to these types of things. Then you have the approach of Rabbi Shri Manazai that sort of ignores the negativity. Even though there's a tie there, and a person has a tie for it, how do I deal with it? By shedding a ribui oil, an abundance of godly light onto it, focusing on the positive, doing the positive, and that overpowers the negative character traits and overcomes the tivus even in those things that a person does have a tivus to sometimes and to be able to fill the person's life with Eder Laki and to overcome all of the challenges.